Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pigskin Pundits on this Thursday, April 13th, 2017, NFL Draft Midnight Edition on Block Talk Radio. I am Mark Ferraro, pleased to be joined, as always, by my good buddy, Thomas Murphy, the Murph Dog himself. What's up, man? It's midnight. I'm ready to go for part two. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great in exactly two weeks now until the uh, NFL draft. Uh, I'm excited. It's uh, you know, a little taste of football, you know, four, four months before the actual season starts. So, yeah, I'm pumped. Bring it on. And just to backtrack for one second, last week we did picks 1 through 10. Today it's 11 through 21. Next week we finish it up with picks 22 through 32. So, Tom, let's kick it off right with the New Orleans Saints with pick number 11. They're on the clock. And, my friend, you can go first. Oh, New Orleans, uh, they could pretty much, uh, you know, a couple uh, couple holes they could fill. You know, they could go for a wide receiver after losing, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Brandon Cooks to a trade. Um, but, uh, you know, we all know that New Orleans' problems the past uh, seems like 10 years almost now, but it's only been a few, has been their defense. Uh, they could go a number of routes here, cornerback, edge rusher. I think they're going to go with an edge rusher and a guy whose name uh, – Possibly could not even could not even be on the board, but he's on my board now. Uh, some people say teams have him way higher than uh, a lot of the pundits do, but I'm going with Derek Barnett, edge rusher out of Tennessee. You know, Tom, I do agree with you. No doubt that the New Orleans Saints have to focus on defense when it comes to their first pick of two in the first round. Let's not forget they also have pick 32 the last in the first round because of that Brandon Cooks trade to New England Patriots. But I think they're going to go in a different direction. I think they're going to go with one of the guys who is considered one of the best linebackers in college football, and that's the former Alabama Crimson Tide, Reuben Foster, who led the team last year, Tom, with 115 tackles. And this is a guy who can also cover the tight end which is a key, especially for these linebackers nowadays. So you have them taking Barnett, and I had them going with Foster with the 11th pick in the first round. Oh, yeah, Reuben Foster. I think they would love to have him available at number 11. Of course, I have him going uh, number nine to Cincinnati. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, def- definitely an option they can go. I mean, pretty much any uh, any route they go on defense will, will fill a hole. So a lot of, they have a lot of options here at number 11. I mean, you know what? I have read some stories that people believe that Mr. Reuben Foster could be better with a guy that you're going to get to be familiar with this season, and that's the guy who was injured last season, former linebacker and now current Bill, Reggie Ragland. Oh, of course. Yeah, I've definitely heard a lot of, uh, you know, comparisons at the beginning of the season, but he's already getting higher praise than uh, Ragland. And uh, I mean, we're all, we're all very excited in Buffalo to hopefully have Ragland back for a full season in 2017. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a high, definitely high praise coming for Ruben Foster. You know, it's uh, 
probably may uh, may have hurt his draft status with a little off the field incident at a hospital at the combine. But I think uh, you know maybe enough time has passed and people are just going to look purely at his talent and he'll be uh, yeah he will not last uh, too long on the board. But I, I like I said I think if he was available at number eleven for the Saints I think they'd definitely take a very hard look at him. Yeah, Tom, and that's a great point you mentioned because you have brought that up in the past, obviously the situation that happened with Reggie Ragland at the Combine, but teams should not, you know, they should not make that, you know, worry about that too much because you look at what this guy has done on the four-year guy at Alabama. He produced on the field for Nick Saban and for the Saints, Tom, it's always been about the defense. They need as much talent as possible. You know, there might be a few mock drafts, Tom, that have the Saints maybe going with a quarterback at some point. Obviously, Drew Brees is getting up there in age, but we don't see it happening in the first round, at least with their first pick at number 11 here. Oh, yeah, no, they'd probably still be able to get a a decent backup, uh, you know, at 32 or maybe even in the second round. And, uh I mean, yeah, I haven't heard much of, uh, I can't remember if it was a year or two years ago, the uh, guy they drafted from Colorado State, Garrett Grayson. Uh, but, yeah, I haven't heard much of him, so got to think uh, yeah, they're definitely going to be looking to uh, replace uh, Mr. Breeze sometime in the future, but probably not at 11. All right, Tom, let's get to pick number 12. The Cleveland Browns are once again on the clock, and I'll go first with this one. And, you know, there's been some rumblings, and, Tom, I mentioned this to you before we came on the program today, how the Browns are now considering Mitchell Trubinsky as number one pick as opposed to Miles Garrett. I think that would be a big-time mistake. Don't make things too complicated. Take Garrett at number one, and you can find your quarterback at pick number 12. But, Tom, did you really think I was not going to throw a little blockbuster trade involved? Of course, i got to shake it up a little bit here. So with pick number 12, the Cleveland Browns will once again not make this pick. They will trade Uh out of that 12th spot. That's right. They will acquire more draft picks, possibly even some for next season. And a team that was in the Tony Romo sweepstakes, the Houston Texans, who are desperate for a quarterback, are going to move up from 25 to 12 to trade with the Cleveland Browns to select quarterback Patrick Mahomes out of Texas Tech. And according to my mock draft, Tom, that would be the third quarterback off the board. So a trade that would shake up the entire draft. The Texans moving up 13 spots to take Patrick Mahomes, quarterback, Texas Tech. Oh, wow. That would be quite a – quite a blockbuster trade there. I mean, moving up 13 spots and they would probably have to give up a lot of bounty for, uh, definitely for that. Um, yeah, I know you you have, uh, you have two quarterbacks off the board off your draft. I, however, do not. And I do, uh, I do, uh, you know, agree with you with a quarterback being taken in the spot, but I'm going to have Cleveland sitting tight for this, uh, you know, we were talking about before the show, Mitch Trubisky possibly being the number one pick. I think that would be a huge mistake, especially with my board shaping up, because I have him available here at 12. And I think that's the route uh, Cleveland is going to go. And they're going to take uh, Mitch Trubisky here. But uh, it is interesting with uh, 
the Texans because they definitely uh, I've, I've thought about making a trade, but I just, uh, I just don't know which uh, spot they're going to go with. So for right now, I'm having them uh, Houston staying put and uh, also Cleveland and then taking uh, Mitch Trubisky, which is the first quarterback off my board. Yeah, I was surprised, like I said before, that they're considering Trubinsky not at 12, like you had them going with him, but at number one. It's not complicated, Tom. Take Miles Garrett. Just give the, the, uh, the cards to Goodell now. Don't mess this up. Miles Garrett is clearly the best player on the board. He should be your number one pick. That pass rushing ability is desperately what the Browns need, Tom. They're making this a lot more complicated than it should be. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, uh, but, I mean, sometimes, you know, uh, we see it in so, uh, so many drafts where teams panic. And even in a, uh, even in a draft that isn't considered uh, the highest talent caliber a quarterback, you know, teams want to get their quarterback. And, uh, but, you know, I totally agree with you. I think they should stay put and take Miles Garrett at one and maybe grab a quarterback at number 12 because there will be some available there. And you'll still be able to get uh, – you know, a true franchise player and a, and a much more safer pick at number one in Garrett. And then from the Texans side of things, they were definitely one of the two teams along with the Broncos for the sweepstakes of Tony Romo. Obviously now he's going to CBS coordinator or commentator, I should say, with Mr. Jim Nance. So they're desperate for a quarterback. They need someone because they're not going to go into the season, I don't think, with Tom Savage. As the number one guy, you see a guy like Pat Mahomes, his stock has been rising. The guy put up sensational numbers in his junior year. Also, check this out. The last two seasons, Tom, 22 touchdowns on the ground, and there has been a long list of quarterbacks for the Texans over the past three seasons. I'll give you the names very quickly. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Case Keenum, Ryan Mallett, Ryan Hoyer, T.J. Yates, Brandon Whedon, Brock Osweiler, and Tom Savage. Tom, that's a lot of quarterbacks in only three seasons. Oh, it most certainly is. And, uh, yeah, uh, and right now it looks like Tom Savage is their, uh, is their uh, number one guy right now because, of course, uh, we all know uh, T.J. Yates actually just signed with the uh, Bills to be, uh, want to be competing for the number two spot in Buffalo. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, Houston is definitely uh, – they're probably going to be looking to uh, make a huge, like make a big move uh, to get a uh, quarterback. And in order to do so, to move up that big, something they're going to have to think about. They're going to have to give up a large, large sum. All right, Tom, let's keep it going, man, with pick number 13. I'll let you go first with this one. The Arizona Cardinals are now on the clock. Yeah, Arizona is a uh, – suffered a very disappointing season last year. They were my preseason uh, Super Bowl pick, didn't even make the playoffs, and not even that, or actually did so poorly that they're picking at 13. And, uh, yeah, a couple couple ways they could go here. You know, they could look for an edge rusher to replace Kalai Campbell, who they lost to Jacksonville. Uh, Definitely need – definitely going to be looking at a quarterback too at some point and uh just very very tempted to uh have them take a quarterback here at 13 with Carson Palmer's injury history and also their lack of a backup but uh, I think they're going to be uh they're going to go a little more safer route and they're going to take the second cornerback 
taken off the board, uh, which I have as Marlon Humphrey out of Alabama to line up opposite of Patrick Peterson. Now, Tom, you mentioned Carson Palmer, 37 years old. So definitely at some point in this draft, the Cardinals are going to be looking to add a quarterback. Like you, though, I do not believe it will be in round number one. So instead of looking towards the future in terms of a quarterback, how about a future wide receiver, a number one guy potentially, that could learn from a future Hall of Famer in Larry Fitzgerald. So I have the Cardinals taking wide receiver out of Clemson, Mr. Mike Williams. Oh, very good pick. I was also thinking – you know, I was also thinking a wide receiver as well. You know, it seemed a couple of years ago they were, or just a year ago, they seemed so flush with wide receiver with Fitzgerald, who definitely is, uh, you know, reaching the uh, reaching the uh, twilight of his career. Uh, John Brown and Michael Floyd, who, of course, is no longer on the team. Uh, that's definitely a route they could go. And, you know, especially with uh, your board, with um, – Mike Williams being the first wide receiver taken off the board. Uh, definitely a uh, strong possibility there. But, Tom, going back to your mock for one second, that would be a nice little one-two punch there with Patrick Pearson and the former Crimson Tide, Marlon Humphrey. Oh, yes, it would be. And uh, there's a, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of cornerbacks available. Uh, Marlon Humphrey isn't, uh, from what I saw, didn't impress me as much, but, you know, I only saw kind of limited, limited action of him. I know uh, the pundits and a lot of teams uh, will uh, disagree with my assessment there, but uh, yeah, it definitely seems overall that he's most uh, boards have him as the second cornerback off the board. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that, and I think this might be a perfect uh, spot for him. Again, you're listening to the Pigskin Pundits on Block Talk Radio. I'm Mark Ferraro. He's Thomas Murphy, and we're going through part two of our three-part series, the mock draft, coming up in a few weeks. Now we at, we're on pick number 14, and the Philadelphia Eagles, the town of Philly, is hosting the draft this year for the first time since 1961. The Eagles are now on the clock, and they have this pick because of the Sam Bradford trade to the Minnesota Vikings. And, Tom, I'll go first with this one. You know, the Eagles, you look at some mock drafts, they have them going offensively, whether it's a running back or a wide receiver. And they just had a couple wide receivers in for agency with Torrey Smith and Alshon Jeffrey. And then defensively, they signed Chris Long, the former Patriot, but they did lose Connor Barwin to the Rams in free agency. So I think they're going to add a piece to go with Jim Schwartz's defense, a guy to go along with Brandon Graham. So my guy, Tom, at pick number 14 for the Eagles is defensive end out of Michigan, one of the best names in the draft this year, and that is Tato Carlton. Oh my gosh, Mark, you took the words right out of my mouth. And this will actually wow. make four this will make four picks that we have the same. I was kinda of surprised that we would be uh very similar on here, but yes, I totally agree with you. And uh yes, I was just about I was going to mention what a great name it is, but yeah, Taco Charlton uh has definitely definitely been rising up many, many boards in the past few weeks. I mean I've even seen him go as high as nine. So uh yeah, I think uh 
Philadelphia may absolutely pull the trigger on this one if he's available there. And, uh, you know, after the uh, top three, top three edge rushers, um, definitely, uh, yeah, the Philadelphia would definitely be looking to uh, replace him. I mean, a wide receiver is definitely an option here, you know, and there's still some good ones on the board. You know, uh, that's a big concern for them. But, yeah, in this uh, in this draft with all these high-quality pass, rush, pass rushers, I think they that's going to be the route they go. And, I mean, hey, we both called it, so I think it's probably a wrap for them. Absolutely, man. And this guy had a great, a great senior year for the Wolverines nine and a half sacks, and to think the damage he could do along with Graham. And as Tom, you know, a gym towards defense, because you look at the Eagles, Tom, they can definitely take that next step in terms of potentially winning the NFC East. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, you know, they, uh, they started to look, uh, you know, that way earlier in early in the season last year, and then just started to regress a little bit, but yeah, you know, this would definitely be a big piece for them uh, competing. And, you know, it almost seems, I mean, of course, Dallas seems like the absolute class of the uh, division, but, you know, sophomore slumps are always a, uh, always a problem. And they have a lot of sophomores who could definitely slump. Uh, I don't see Elliot really doing it behind that line, but, you know, Dak Prescott, I mean, uh, he does look like the real deal, but, you know, he could have a little bit of a down year and that would give uh a chance for, you know, the Giants and Philadelphia even to really state their uh, claim in the uh, in the NFC East. But, Tom, if you told us before we did this that we would have four of the same picks within the first 14 picks, we would not believe it. And just to backtrack, because of some people, maybe they, maybe they missed the show last week, but definitely check it out. It's in our archives. Three last week. Miles Garrett, obviously number one to the Cleveland Browns. Number two, fourth overall, Leonard Fournette to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then number three, which made Tom really happy that I had this guy going to his bills, as well as him, O.J. Howard. And now number four, with Charlton going to Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, you know, and I definitely have to say the last two are kind of surprising because, you know, the further down you get, the more kind of diluted the board uh, gets with uh, different picks and everything. So, yeah, this was definitely a shock, and uh, I'm sure there will be like one or two more that we have uh, similar come uh, once we finish all 32. Well, I'll say one hint, a little tease. Obviously, now with pick number 15, this one will be different between the both of us with the Colts now on the clock. And, Tom, my friend, you could go first. Oh, well, Indianapolis. Uh, I almost consider them in the same boat, uh, you know, a lot with uh, New Orleans where they could just uh, – they could really take a whole slew of, uh, you know, defensive players. You know, they could go for an edge rusher, a linebacker, uh, defensive back. You know, defense has been a big problem for Indianapolis the past few years. Uh, but I think a, a huge piece of that would be, uh, you know, grabbing a uh, – grabbing a quality inside uh, linebacker and one who's been really rising up the boards here is uh, Hassan Reddick out of Temple. So uh, yeah, he's the pick. Uh, he's definitely a guy who really made a name for himself at the combine and yeah, he's really been shooting up boards and definitely looks like he can be a, a force in the NFL. I've been re- very impressed with some of the tape I've seen on him. Now, Tom, you took the words out of my mouth in terms of how, the Saints and the Colts are very similar. Both teams need 
to focus on defense, which we both think they will. But with this pick, I have the Colts taking the guy that you actually have going to the Saints, and that's defensive end, Derek Barnett, who last year in his junior year did very well, had 12 sacks for Tennessee. Oh, yes. Okay, so that was a guarantee that uh, we were not going to have the same pick there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if Derek Barnett was there at uh, 15, I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, Indianapolis would be very, very uh, thrilled to uh, to pick him up. And, yeah, like I said, there's uh, defensively there's not really a wrong pick that they could do, at least with the holes that they uh, need to fill. So, yeah, I think they would be happy with either of these guys that we picked. Yeah, Tom, and I think another area of concern that has been with the Colts for many seasons, especially with Andrew Luck on your center, is that offensive line. They have not been able to protect this guy. It's been awful. He's get, he, you know, he gets banged up. He gets injured all the time. So potentially at this pick as well, Tom, we can see one of the first offensive linemen go off the board here. Uh, that is a very good point, and it also uh... – it is uh, very wise to mention that so far, 15 picks in, this is a bear, this is quite a rarity in pretty much any draft. Neither of us have an offensive lineman off the board here. Yes, that's right. Well, I'll give you. I'm I'm just giving away teases the whole night. I might as well continue. That will not, according to my mock draft, that will not be the case. We will at least have one offensive lineman go between now and pick number 21. So, Tom, let's continue with the Baltimore Ravens at pick number 16. They are now on the clock, and I'll go first with this one. Listen, in terms of in the offseason, they lost some key guys. You know, Steve Smith Sr., he retired, obviously a great career with the Ravens and the Carolina Panthers. They also lost offensive lineman Ricky Wagner to the Detroit Lions. But I'm going with a home run hitter because if you look at the running back situation, Tom, it really doesn't stand out that much with, you know, Lorenzo Talaferro. They did sign Danny Woodhead, and they still have Taron West. So I'm going with the guy that you had going in our first segment, eighth overall to the Carolina Panthers, and that's a guy who has some off-the-field issues in the past and some surgeries since high school, three actually, soldier uh, shoulder uh, shoulder surgeries since high school, and that is the former Florida State running back Dalvin Cook. Oh, very good pick there, yeah, and I think they would be very thrilled to have him at uh, number 16, and yeah, Dalvin Cook is one of those guys. It's going to be very interesting to see, you know, where he goes on uh where he goes on draft day. You know, I've seen him in the top 10. I've also seen him fall down all the way to the uh, very end of the uh very end of the uh, first round, but I just, I don't think it'll happen yet. Uh, if he's, if he's there at 16, he'll uh, would definitely be a, a great pickup for the uh, Ravens there. And, uh, but I'm going with, uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, losing Steve Smith and also they lost Kamar Aiken who didn't contribute as much as he did in 2015, but uh, you know, it was still a huge, uh, huge loss to them. Uh, but uh, so I have them, uh, going here with the uh, second wide receiver off the board, which is Corey Davis out of uh, Western Michigan. Well, that's a good pick, Tom. That's a guy, too, as well. It seems like in one of these mock drafts, he's 1-2 in terms of him and Mike Williams. And you can't forget about the speedster as well 
John Ross. But I didn't realize that Kamara Aiken was no longer a member of the Baltimore Ravens. I had to look it up, and actually he is not a member of the team that we just previously selected for our mock draft, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, yeah, you know, it was kind of news to me. There were, uh, there were a lot of players who uh, seemed to go fly under the radar uh, in uh, in free agency, at least with me. You know, I had also realized that, uh, you know, former, uh, I was shocked to hear this just a week ago, former uh, second overall pick Luke Jokel also is on a uh, new team now. Uh, I believe he's on the Seahawks now, which was kind of a shock. I mean, when a second overall pick just, uh, you know, to another team and it flies that much under the radar. It's uh, quite telling of someone's career. But yeah, Kamar Aiken uh, definitely has a new home in Indianapolis. And uh, yeah, a lot of lot of production at wide receiver that the uh, Ravens need to uh, need to address. But also, you know, the running back situation has been very porous for them. Uh, you know, in the past few seasons, so that would definitely be another uh, another area they'd be looking to uh, take care of. But, yes, I actually saw that recently, that Luke Jokel signed with the Seattle Seahawks. So, obviously, that's a guy who is definitely looking to reshape his image in Seattle, trying to turn his career around there. Now, Tom, we get to pick number 17. The Washington Redskins are now on the clock. You could go first, man. Uh, and once again, we will not have uh, – this will not be the pick for our fifth uh, – Fifth uh, similar pick because I'm taking a guy you actually chose. You had uh, you had taken uh, last week uh, in the top ten a guy who I uh, actually have very high praise for, and actually a guy who uh, may be on my short list for defensive rookie of the year, uh, and that is Mr. Jonathan Allen out of Alabama. I can't even believe I'm saying uh, with how much I like him, how much I have him falling down the board here to Washington. Mm-hmm. But Washington, while they're a team in disarray. You know, uh, you know, they could just be – they would absolutely be thrilled, and this would be an absolutely fantastic pick for him. I think the reason he's slipping down the board is because of some uh, shoulder concerns and also yeah. because uh, he's more of an interior – you know, he kind of plays more as an interior defensive lineman as opposed to one of the edge rushers. So uh, – and that's kind of been a – that's kind of been an issue that a lot of other teams have uh, – um, you know, addressed in the past few years. So it's not that in this draft, it just doesn't seem to be that much of a need, but I mean, I think Washington could have hit a, hit a home run here if Jonathan Allen was there at 17 and he's available on my board. So yeah, look out for this guy. Well, Tom, I said that an offensive lineman would go in this segment and now it officially has happened because the Redskins are going to look for an offensive lineman They're going to go all the way to Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers, to get their guy. Like Taco Charlton, definitely one of the top names in this year's draft class, and that is offensive lineman Forrest Lamp, who will be going to the Redskins at pick number 17. You love about this guy, a four-year starter at Western Kentucky, 51 career starts, 48 at left tackle, three at right guard. He can also play center as well for the Redskins. You can move this guy along the offensive line. He brings some flexibility. You can plug him in here and there. And I think this guy will have success for Washington because they're going to have to at least protect Kirk Cousins for one more season. So you might as well have a guy, a young guy, a veteran in terms of college 
playing for you right away. So, Tom, the first offensive lineman goes on the board with Forrest Lamp at pick number 17 to Washington. Oh, that would be a great uh, that would be a great pick for them, and uh, yeah, uh, definitely use some definitely use some help there. Uh, you know, wide receivers another uh, uh, huge need for them too, since they lost uh, two of their big guys in Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garcon this off season. But you know, they did draft. Uh, Josh Doxson last year, so they might be willing to give, you know, him another chance. And they also signed Terrell Pryor in the off season, so they may be. Uh, yeah, it looks like they'll probably most likely be going in another direction than wide receiver. And yeah, offensive line would definitely be a good one, and definitely, uh, you know, defensive line as well. Pick number eighteen, the Tennessee Titans, like the Browns, will make their second selection in the first round. The Titans had pick number five as well. And according to my mock draft, last week's show, I had them going with defensive end out of Stanford, Solomon Thomas. And with this pick, I think they're going to totally focus on wide receiver. I know Mike Williams visited them a few days ago, but in my mock draft, he is no longer there. I have him going to the Cardinals. And Corey Davis is also on my board, but I don't have them going with him. Any more hints I can give you? Well, I'm going with the guy that Tom absolutely loves this year and probably will be on a fantasy team some point this season, and that is the speedster, <laughs> the guy who had the fastest time this year at the Combine. This next time, dude, we're Adidas, and that is Washington Huskies receiver John Ross. Oh, make that number five, my man. All right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had a feeling you might go with him, and I definitely, uh, I definitely see this as a possibility. Even with, uh, I have, of course, Corey Davis is off my board, but even with Corey Davis on the board, I think it is a uh, a home run pick for the Titans. You know, especially at 18, their second pick in the first round. Uh, yes, you are right. I do love this guy. Uh, I love his speed. He's kind of reminds me of an Odell Beckham. Hopefully, with uh, you know less, uh, you know less. Uh, discipline issues uh of course but yeah i'm a huge fan of him and yeah i think it would be very fun to uh very going to be very fun watching him in tennessee where we both have him going yeah and this guy what he does not only receiving but his kickoff ability return at least one touchdown in his three seasons for the huskies and to think about all the weapons that marcus Mariota could potentially have you're bringing a guy like ross you obviously have the very underrated, the guy that we always talk about on the show, the tight end, Delaney Walker. Other receivers on that team, Rashad Matthews, Tajay Sharp. So if you add Ross to that mix with those guys, we have talked about the Titans, a definitely a team on the rise in 2017 with a very good quarterback under center, Marcus Mariota. Oh, absolutely. You know, they are uh... – my very, very early pick to uh, win the AFC South next year. And, you know, they came pretty, came pretty uh, darn close last, uh, last season, you know, finishing nine and seven after going two and 14 the year before. And uh, very, very much in a good situation, this draft, of course, uh, considering this is their natural pick and they were able to acquire uh, uh, that fifth overall pick from the Rams at number five where we both have them uh, going defense, where I have Lattimore and you have Solomon Thomas. But, uh, yeah, absolutely great, great situation for them and just uh, kind of shows how great uh, trading away that first overall pick uh, was for them. 
All right, Tom, keep it going, man. With pick number 19, it's time for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to make their selection. Oh, yeah, Tampa Bay definitely had a great offseason, you know, with uh... – you know, acquiring Deshaun Jackson, that really uh, has given the offense a little more uh, spark. You know, definitely uh, thinking a running back could be a uh, could be a uh, strong possibility at this time. And Christian McCaffrey is still on the board. Many people are very high on him. I think he could be successful. Uh, but they're also in a situation where they can maybe even do a little bit of a reach here. Uh, and I have them taking because I think they like to shore up that defense a little bit, and they definitely could use a safety. Of course, the top two safeties, stud safeties, are off the board already. And, uh, yeah, there's a couple possibilities they could go with here at safety. Um, And I'm going to go maybe a little bit of a reach here, but I think they can afford to do it. And that's the guy from uh, your uh, home state uh, school, Mr. Obi Melifonwu, safety out of UConn. Wow. All right. I know you mentioned his name last week on the program. And, hey, listen, you mentioned that those top two safeties are going to be off the board. Obviously, teams are going to reach for some players. If you're the Buccaneers at that spot, listen, you need some defensive help in that secondary. You might as well take a guy whose stock is going to be rising because it seems like, Tom, all these UConn athletes put up great numbers at the Combine. A couple years ago, it was the Cowboys' Byron Jones, and this year it was the safety who had one of the best times ever for the broad jump for guys who keep track of that stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. And another uh, another nice quality he has, I think, is that he's six foot three. You don't see that often with safeties, and uh, yeah, that could definitely be a huge advantage for some teams. And yeah, that's definitely. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be high on some boards, and I think you're going to see him go a little higher than uh, some think. You know, there's also Buda Baker out of Washington, another great name, and uh, Jabril Peppers, who uh, neither of us has mentioned now, who's kind of a kind of an enigma in this draft. Nobody knows where he's going to go. I've seen him go middle of the second round. I've seen him go uh, in the top 20 in a lot of mock drafts. But I just think this might be the safe pick, and I think Tampa Bay's already mentioned because uh, safety is a. Uh, safety is a uh, area of need for them. And uh, yeah, I think uh, they probably, they've already said they're not interested in peppers. I think maybe with his injury history or whatnot, but uh, I think they probably go with Melawanfu over the five ten Baker. Well, as far as my pick go time, you pretty must be informing already because I have the Buccaneers taking the guy you mentioned running back Christian McCaffrey because this guy can do it all as a running back. He could catch the ball. He actually has kickoff ability as well. And we're not sure what's going to happen with Doug Martin time in that situation. I mean, this guy has been a major disappointment. It's a shame, too, because he performed well in 2015. And then in 2016, they gave him that contract extension. And then he just struggled this past season. Only played eight games. And on top of that time, he suspended the first three games of this season for violating the lead substance abuse policy or actually performance-enhancing drugs. So he's not going to be there, Tom. And I think they're going to send a message by taking the son of former wide receiver Ed McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, at pick number 19. Ah, yeah, you know, it's, uh, I kind of, you know, I have a feeling he's definitely, uh, definitely alive at this, uh, 
number 19 pick. And yeah, the uh, bloodlines, I mean, Ed McCaffrey, I remember him very well from uh, living in Denver during those Super Bowl years. And man, he was something special. And of course, McCaffrey's numbers at Stanford just speak for themselves. And uh, yeah, I think you're going to see McCaffrey definitely go somewhere in the first round. And yeah, Tampa Bay is definitely a spot. I, I did think of it. And that was almost our number six uh, similar, but I just went, uh, went a different route. And, uh, but yeah, sure. We'll still have another, some, something similar here uh, pretty soon. All right, Tom, two more picks to go in this segment. I'll go first with pick number 20. Another team, like the Texans, who was involved in the Tony Romo sweepstakes, the Denver Broncos are now on the clock. And this is a team that needs some offensive line help, but I think they're going to go defense and to get another pass rusher to add to the team to join with Von Miller and Derek Wolf, because let's not forget DeMarcus Ware did retire, and they're going to get a guy that you had going earlier in this segment, and that is the former Temp Owls edge rusher, Hashan Reddick. Oh, yeah, great pick, and uh, yeah, they would definitely love him there. Uh, yeah, definitely be another uh, weapon on that uh, defense, and would definitely, uh, yeah, definitely replace, uh, be a good replacement for DeMarcus Ware, and uh, definitely a nice addition to Von Miller. Uh, yeah, definitely like that pick, and uh, yeah, Hassan Reddick is is there at number twenty. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, he will not be. Uh, he won't be waiting around too long at a, uh, around that area. But uh, I have them going, uh, and this is my first uh, offensive lineman off the board. Denver's definitely uh, definitely a huge need for uh, definitely a huge need for buying. Uh, Offensive lineman uh, Ty Sambrello, who was their second-round pick two years ago, who was thrown in there. It's been somewhat of a disaster there. He's just not getting it done. So they're going to go with a couple options you could go here for first one off the board. But I'm going to go with uh, the guy everybody's been talking about out of Wisconsin. I'm probably going to butcher his name, but Ryan Ramsick out of Wisconsin, who uh, was just pretty much a one-year starter and really – really made a name for himself and he's probably going to go somewhere in the first round and I have him going as the number one. Yeah, let's not forget as well, Tom, the Broncos lost Russell Tongue in free agency to the Los Angeles Chargers, I should say now. So definitely offensive line is an area that the Broncos will focus on early in the 2017 NFL draft. Tom, we have one more pick left. I had you kick it off this segment with the Saints, and we're going to end this one with the Detroit Lions at pick number 21. The floor is yours, sir. Yeah, now we're getting to uh, the picks of the teams that actually made the playoffs. And Detroit, uh, yeah, believe it or not, they made the playoffs last year. And, uh, yeah, they definitely showed, uh, despite being a playoff team, they showed in their first uh, – in their first uh, playoff game left, or first and only playoff game against the Seahawks, that they have a lot of, uh, yeah, they definitely have a lot of uh, 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 holes that they could uh, fill here. You know, they could go for a wide receiver if one's available, you know. However, uh, you know, with the uh, the three, first three off uh, my board at least, there's a huge drop-off from uh, three to four. So I don't think it's going to be a while before you see another wide receiver off the board. But, uh, you know, hey, going with the uh, pattern of edge rushers, I'm going to keep it going, and I'm going to pick uh, Takarist McKinley out of UCLA to go to the Detroit Lions. 
Well, it seems like Tom must be peeking at my notes a little bit. I don't have the Lions going with him, but in terms of the wide receiver, I do. Because in my mock draft, Williams is off the board as well as John Ross. Now, I know the Lions fans might cringe when they hear wide receiver. Would you not think of the past? Because at 21, if you can get this guy at this spot, you have to do it. Listen, I know wide receiver might not be a big, big need right now because you still got some veterans in Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. I understand that. But you're looking at a big guy, a, a wide receiver in the red zone that Matthew Stafford could give the ball to, and he's still available on my board. And that is the wide receiver out of Western Michigan, so he stays home, and that is Corey Davis at 21, Tom. That is a fantastic pick. Actually, while you were, when you mentioned wide receiver, of course, I just started, uh, you know, next to my thing, I just started penciling him in because I just knew uh, that was the only other option when you said wide receiver. And yeah, that would be a very, very great pick for uh, the Detroit Lions at that uh at that juncture and uh yeah and he this this guy seems i've seen some tape on him he seems like the real deal nothing you know i mean of course uh you know mike williams and charles uh charlie rogers uh back in the day they seemed like real deals too uh you know but hey this guy might be a little more calvin johnson which uh, i'm sure lions may be hoping probably not uh, to that extent but probably closer to him than the other two. Oh, for sure I mean, when you look at this guy, 6'3", the ability to go get the football, which is what they need, especially in the red zone, because one guy they lost, even though he was a veteran and he's up there in age, and that's a 36-year-old, Anquan Bolden, who is no longer with it. He's still a free agent. He had eight touchdowns last season. And Matthew Stafford loves to spread the ball around so you cannot have enough weapons for Matthew Stafford, a team that seems to never get over the hump. They did make the playoffs, but they still got to get that long victory that they oh so desperately want. But I think, Tom, they're going to go with the guy who, again, great spot for here, 21, Tom. Sometimes with these picks, you have to go best available player, and that's what I see the Lions doing here. Oh, absolutely. I'm a huge fan of uh, taking the best player available. I mean, especially if it, especially if it is a uh, – an area where you could, uh, you know, use some help. And I mean, yeah, wide receivers definitely a, uh, could be like, definitely a need there. Uh, I mean, you can't, can't necessarily rule out, uh, you know, Marvin Jones, you know, who had some really big games for them last year or, uh, you know, Golden Tate. I mean, he was a little, seemed a little silent last year, but, uh, you know, and, uh, but yeah, uh, definitely Corey Davis is a good pick there. And yeah, uh, also, you know, going defense, uh, for them, too. I mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot Detroit could do here at 21. Well, Tom, my man, as always, thank you for joining me on the program at midnight. It was fun when we do these shows you know, you know, at midnight. It's great. I love it. I can't get enough. It was great, man, talking with you with picks 11 through 21. That concludes part two of our three-part series. So, of course, there's one more left. And that's next week, picks 22 through 32. My man, get some sleep. Enjoy the rest of your week. And I'm happy to hear that you're back in the swing of things, pun intended, with softball.
Oh, absolutely. First game was yesterday. Uh, you know, hey, we ironbound on my team. We lost. Uh, but, yeah, it was still fun to get out there. It was a perfect day. And, uh, yeah, went 0 for 2, but I'm looking to make up for that next week. Absolutely, man. And make sure when you get your first hit that you ask for the ball, okay? Oh, yes, absolutely. And uh, I will I will sign it and put it up for auction for sure. Oh, that's great, man. But, hey, I really appreciate it. Thanks again for joining me at midnight. Everyone, enjoy the rest of your week. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mark at Ferraro. Murphy's at Murphy TV. Thanks for listening to the program. You don't know how much we appreciate it every single week. And as always, don't forget to tune in next time to the Pigskin Pundits with your hosts, Mark Ferraro and Thomas Murphy, only on Block Talk Radio.